Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ujvala Radio, a show dedicated to love and passion, and the power they have to transform our lives. Now, find a comfortable place to sit, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here's Terry and Robin. Good evening, everybody. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good wherever in the world you are. Uh, this is Terry Power, and you are listening to Ujvala Radio here on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. And uh, it's going to be Terry and Robin as soon as we figure out the glitch on the other computer. <laughs> and and my lovely and talented wife uh, makes it on the air. So. Uh, I, I think I see her now. Let's see. Robin, are you there? Robin, my darling. Okay. I'm still not quite sure what's going on. Uh, so bear with us while we uh, sort this out. I'm going to play a little bit of music, and uh, uh, we'll be right back. Stick around.
And welcome, everybody. How are you doing tonight? And this is Terry and Robin, uh, now on Ujvala Radio on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Can you uh, hear me? Wow. Uh, we can hear you now. Yay! Hi. <laughs> How are you doing, babe? Wow. Uh, okay. That was an exciting, almost not beginning to the show, so I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, we only lost a couple of minutes. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, everybody, thank you for sticking around. We apologize. Uh, uh, as, as many of you know, we've been off the air for about two and a half years. And uh, this is our second night back from our, our somewhat long hiatus. And you know, we're going uh, to have technical glitches. Uh, in this case, it was a microphone connection. So, hey, you know, it's just going to be those kind of things. So These things um, happen. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to let stuff go. Just let it be and everything will work out. So anyway, welcome to Ujvala Radio. And uh, we're just excited. Uh, this is uh, this is very cool. We have been away for a couple of years and uh, we're, we're seriously ready to get back into it. And we've started a new venture, uh, Ujvala Ayurveda and Yoga Center. And... Robin, tell them about Ujvala and, and everything that that entails. Ujvala uh, is the Sanskrit word for love, passion, and brightness. And, and oddly enough, it's actually a very common name for young girls in India. Uh, I actually just found that out recently. Um, but Ujvala is, it encompass, encompasses everything that yoga and Ayurveda mean to both of us. It's our passion. Uh, it, it encompasses love, not just like romantic love between people, two people, but the love of everyone, the love of even people who might seem undeserving of love to others. You know, somebody who people pass people on the street all, all the time and think, oh, you know, don't want to get too close to them. No, that's not the reaction. Love should be your reaction. Love in, you know, going over and saying, you know, are, are you OK? Can I help you with something? Um, so that's kind of what we want this to be. Ujvala is going to be uh, a way of helping people and healing people and having people come together in love and in passion and with brightness uh, to, to, to make each other happy, healthier, uh, more stable. And, you know, it's like the thing, you know, when you throw the, the, the stone in the pond, and the, the center of when the stone goes in forms that little circular ripple and the ripples ripple out into the pond. Ujvala is the stone and we're throwing it into the, into the uh, universal pond, if you will, and trying to ripple out ripples of love and brightness and passion. All right. Does that just about cover it? <laughs> yeah, but, so I think it pretty well covers it. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, so, Ujvala Ayurveda and Yoga Center. Well, I mean, a lot of people know the term, the word yoga. And mm-hmm. you know, in some later show, we'll actually dig into what this really means and what, what yoga is. Uh, but, uh, you know, Robin has already said it's about uh, our mission, our um, I don't know, ministry might be too strong a word. It might not be strong enough. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but the, the work that we're going to be doing is about teaching people with Ayurveda. Um, it's a holistic healing system that is um, rooted in India. 
Uh, there's there's documents of of um, relating to Ayurveda and Ayurvedic medicine dating back to um, the Indus Valley region or the Indus Valley cultures. So we're talking 5,000 years ago, easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it predates uh, traditional Chinese medicine and some some discussion even that some of the uh, TCM practices have their roots in Ayurveda. Uh, so uh, it's, it's very cool. It's all about the whole body. And then, of course, you bring in yoga, which has the, the mind and spirit as well, and, and movement. And it is between the two of them, this um, uh, all-encompassing way of life, uh, that, that approaches the body and the mind and the soul as a whole and doesn't just treat pieces of it, but treats the whole, a, a holistic mm-hmm. healing method. Right. And Go ahead, Andre. I was just going to say that the word Ayurveda, which is spelled A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A, it is a Sanskrit word, and the word literally translates into English as the knowledge of life. That's pretty cool. It is. Um, some even may, I've even seen it translated as the study of life as well, mm-hmm. which is yeah, which is you know even more cool. Um, so one of the things, and tonight we're going to be talking about how we can use these practices to boost the immune system. You know, everybody in this you know COVID nineteen world is thinking about our immunization and our, our, our immune system and how we can be stronger and better able to fight off this, you know, this new bug. And Ayurveda is, is uniquely suited uh, combined with yoga, as we will talk about tonight, it, because it recognizes one simple truth, that the closer we live to nature, the closer we are to good health. And those of you that listened to us before heard Robin say the same thing when she was talking about, um, you know, the the holistic health coaching and living closer to our food. And I was saying the same thing about getting in touch with the rhythms of nature, the rhythms of our body. And Ayurveda talks about all of that. And it's all about getting us back to nature where we are healthiest. I mean, let's face it, we're, we're probably no more than most of us five generations from living in the forest uh, where we were healthy. You've heard us talk about this in, in the past as well. So we're going to uh, be bringing it up again because this is all what we're doing here. And um, so... Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about some of the um, uh, the key habits uh, that we can that we can adopt that will help us to uh, lead a healthier life and promote our immune system. Uh, you know, sleep, movement. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the herbal and cleansing practices. Uh, Robin's going to talk a lot about the food stuff, as usual. That's her, you know, that's her thing. She teaches us how to cook and eat well. 
And we're going to talk about some ways to reduce anxiety because if we're if we're not anxious, then we're going to be healthier just by nature. That will boost our immune system. So um, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Robin, I think you've got some stuff to say about lifestyle, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, in Abureta, uh we recognize that not only we not only treat the disease. Um, but we prevent disease, and the way to do that is through using diet and lifestyle. As humans, our bodies have evolved over, gosh, millennia, millions of years, living outside of nature to become w- what they are today. Um, oh, I'm sorry, living outside in nature <laughs> to become what they are today. In the grand scheme of things, we have only been able to live out of alignment with nature for a millisecond with the help of the technology in, in our homes that we have. Um, but our bodies were designed to live in rhythm with nature and to be awake and active and eat while the sun is shining and to sleep at night when, the, when it's dark out. But now uh, we're able to stay awake all night long with electric lights and screens and thanks to electricity. And we sleep late in the day and, and, that's blocking the sun um, from, you know, entering our bodies. And, you know, we, we are behind curtains and walls. Uh, and as a consequence, our immune system and our mental health, it's taking its toll on our mental health and our, and our bodies. We're, we're, they're breaking down. Now with this COVID, the majority of us are on like a lockdown and we're all, you know, staying indoors and we're not having a lot of social time and we've got a lot of free time on our hands and not very much happy activity. Uh, People aren't working during the day. Um, They're not taking their kids to school at a specific time. We're all out of our routines um, and it is making people even more unaligned. People are staying awake even later, sleeping longer, uh, sitting on the couch watching more TV kids, particularly I'm seeing my own kids, you know, the kids that wander, you know, in here from next door and um, my girl, my daughter's friends, you know, sitting around watching movies because of lack of anything else to do. So today I want to share with you a few or Terry and I want to share with you a few aviuretic daily habits that promote a healthy immune system. Terry, right. do you want to talk to them about sleep? Yeah, I was going to do that. I was going to jump in. Um, sleep mm-hmm. is – now, I, I admit growing up and uh, – well, growing up, I, I grew up and, you know, like like everyone else, you know, you've got the daily routine. You've got school or work, uh, except when I was in the Air Force and I worked a third shift job, which really had me flipped out from, uh, from reality. Um, I developed – a, a bad habit like Robin was talking about even even in the past about staying up late, sleeping late. You know, I, I I used to say, and I think some of you guys may have heard me say this, what can you expect from any day that starts with getting up in the morning? I said that for most of my adult life. And then when we started studying this, and we started looking at the rhythms of our body, and I started shifting to getting to bed earlier and waking up earlier. I actually find that I wake up, pretty much wake up on my own. The alarm is set, so I may lay there and wait for it. 
but I'm waking up with the sun these days and I'm getting up and getting moving. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that is really making a difference in my overall sense of well-being. And, and as we said a few minutes ago, the closer we are to that rhythm of nature, the more at ease we are, the more at ease we are, the stronger our bodies are able to deal with uh, attacks from you know, bugs and everything else. Our healing is quicker. Uh, our metabolisms are uh, much closer to nature, and we live better, healthier lives. So I'm not saying, you know, getting up early and, you know, stay up till midnight and get, get up. I'm saying, except for Tuesday nights when you're listening to us, at, you know, <laughs> at 9 o'clock, from 9 until 10 o'clock-ish. Uh, but every other night of the week, you should probably get to bed around, you know, be a, be in bed so you can fall asleep by 10 o'clock. Now, stay awake for us on Tuesday. But the rest <laughs> of the time, <laughs> the rest of the time, get to, you know, try to get to sleep by 10. And then 6 o'clock at 530, 6 o'clock in the morning, you're going to naturally wake up with the sun and start your day with the day. And it makes such an amazing difference. Um, well, you know, it's... It seems to make sense because it's only been about 150 years that we've had electric light. And before then, everybody got up with the sun and went to bed with the sun. Well, that's it. I mean, like I said earlier, we're probably no more than most of us are probably no more than five generations away from living in the the woods, living in the wilderness or on the edge Mm -hmm. of the wilderness and living in contact with nature an agrarian society Mm -hmm. uh, working with the seasons. So, uh, you know, that leads me back to talking about food. You know, the closer we are to nature, the the happier we are, the healthier we are, the closer we are to our food. Robin. Yep. Okay. So I think I mentioned this last week if you were listening, but I'm going to mention it again because it's really an interesting perspective. In Ayurveda, we say, you are what you digest. I know here the saying is, you are what you eat, but you can eat a lot of things. The problem is your body may not digest them properly. And Ayurveda really concentrates. Now, remember, this was like, again, 3,500 to 5,000 years ago, they understood that the digestion was where your health came from I mean, you had to be able to digest what you put into your body and you know we're all just now talking about probiotics and and the, the gut brain and all Happy these things that, like, yeah yeah like like as if this is some new scientific discovery when ayurveda has been talking about this for you know thousands of years but um so this means that the food that you put into your mouth eventually becomes your skin and your muscles and bones and fuels your blood this is really what we're made of. This is what we digest is how what we what we become. So it's no surprise that Ayurveda emphasizes proper digestion. There is a concept in Ayurveda called Agni. Agni is the fire that cooks the food inside the body. Agni is our digestive fire. And you can you feel it when you're hungry and Agni is considered hot and sharp but light. And it shares some of the qualities, uh, the same as the sun, and it's connected to the sun. 
Agni, our digestive fire, is strongest in the middle of the day when the sun is high in the sky and our digestive fires wind down as the sun begins to set. And so for this reason in Ayurveda, they stress that we should eat our largest meal at lunch. Who knew all those older people who go for their early go for their big meal early in the day were were right, right? Um, we make fun of the early bird special, but they were right. Um, so when our digestive fire is strongest, is when our digestion is then optimized. So Ayurveda also emphasizes that we eat something easy to digest for dinner before the sun sets to optimize sleep. So particularly. For people who are a little bit more mature, that might mean a soup um, or, you know, light, warm food. Uh, it could be maybe a stew, um, but, but something that's going to let them, like a light stew, chicken, uh, something that's going to let them be able to sleep. And you don't, you definitely don't want to eat um, uh, more than, you know, like two, give yourself at least two to two and a half hours uh, between your last meal and when you're going to lie down to go to sleep uh, well, yeah, for dinner. I was going to say, was going to say mm-hmm. you need time for that last meal to digest because you don't want it it's yeah. not digesting properly. I mean, it, like you said, we are what we digest, right? So right, right. And so, as a culture, you know, here in in this in the Western culture, we work during the day. And we often use dinner as a way to connect with our family at night. And unfortunately, this habit of eating a large, heavy meal late does not align with our body's natural rhythm. And as a result, the food that we eat doesn't, doesn't digest properly and our sleep is affected. And we, we have things happen like, you know, indigestion. And sometimes people can't sleep. They might sleep for a few hours and their stomach is hurting them. Um, so heartburn, yep. So we want to eat your largest meal at lunch when the sun is high in the sky and then eat something light and easy to digest again before the sun sets. Uh, also, Ayurveda is not keen on this whole concept of eating six meals a day. They really think that we should probably eat no more than three meals a day, maybe even two, have a nice big breakfast and then have like a, you know, between that, between the hours of, you know, I think what do they, what do they say, ten and two, I think, is the best time to eat your uh, large meal that we're talking about, um, and then again yep. that that very light meal. But if you could get away with two meals a day, that breakfast and that big meal at lunch, all the better, um, because in between meals, if we're snacking in between, or we're eating a small meal, unless you're a diabetic, um, then that's different. But if you're a healthy person and, and you're eating a small meal, you're grazing all day long, your body does not have a chance to burn fat between meals. Um, if you eat, you know, let's say you eat a couple of eggs for breakfast and then two and a half hours, three hours later, you're eating even a salad. Your body's going to burn the food you ate. It's not going to burn the fat that your body has stored. So you may think you're doing a great thing if you're, you know, on some sort of uh, weight loss program, well, I'm just going to have a salad between meals instead of a snack. You're still defeating yourself because you re- what you really need to do is let your body burn fat. As I said before, Ayurveda emphasizes the proper digestion of good food, and, and that fasting between most meals gives the body time to properly digest the food you ate. 
So there are a couple of other things that you can do to support that digestive fire, the Agni. Eat foods rich in prana. Prana is a Sanskrit term that means life force or energy in the food. Uh, traditional Chinese medicine calls it chi. Uh, for those of you with a background in yoga, you may have already been familiar with this concept, but um, just as we have life force that circulates through our bodies, so does the food we eat, the plants that grow, the trees that grow, everything that grows, even a blade of grass has an energy. Uh, and when we eat foods rich in this prana, we have more prana in our own bodies. So we have more life force and more energy and we can be and, healthy. And, and that, that prana is completely processed out when it's processed and put in a box. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, foods that are rich so, in prana are foods that are, that are living. They're not foods that are uh, in a box, in a can, that have been frozen uh, or processed in just about any way. I mean, even if you can fresh food yourself, the prana is no longer um, evident in that food. Yeah, I was, um, I was sorely disappointed to hear that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah cause, you know, but but, I mean, the closer you live to your food, the healthier you're going to be. So you've got the good prana. So if you can have a garden or if you've got you know, access to you know, a farmer's market or anything like that, the fresher the food you're eating, the closer you are to your food, the more prana, the more life energy it's going to give you. Simple as that. Get close to your food. Um, another uh, great way. And an easy way that we can, can, you know, add prana to the food that we eat um, and diversify your micronutrients is to eat more spices. Uh, anyone who's ever visited uh, a Middle Eastern restaurant, Indian restaurant, knows that the foods, the foods that they tend to, to have are uh, not spicy as in, as in caliente, as in hot, like burn your tongue hot, although some of them can be. But they're very aromatic spices, very warming spices. Um, so, you know, even though it's, you have, we have a more westernized palate, you can choose your favorite spices and add them to meals. And you can sprinkle them in the food when it's cooking um, or as a condiment afterward. One of the things in Ayurvedic cooking that they do is they put the oil in the pan and then they put the spices in the oil to toast them a little bit and to get them to dissolve into the oil so that they spread perfectly throughout the food. Um, just a little cooking tip. So warming spices increase the agni and your digestive fire. Uh, which also aids in digestion and, and warming spices that we use every very commonly are things like cinnamon and nutmeg and clove and ginger um, and, you know, cumin and turmeric and black pepper, red pepper or cayenne pepper, or chili powder. These are all warming spices. And uh, so if you can figure out a way to incorporate some of these warming spices in almost every meal, then, you know, that'll fuel your digestive fire and, and, and make it work more efficiently. And thereby you digest your food more efficiently. Your body has to work less and your immune system is boosted in that way. Um, so you yeah, can well, also I mean, add. Spice, it sounds like pumpkin spice when you, you know, describe it. You know? <laughs> Cinnamon, yeah. nutmeg and cloves and a little bit yeah. of ginger. Yeah. I can do so, that just about every meal, you know. That's, yeah. That doesn't sound bad at all. Well, yeah, you know, one of the things <laughs> I was just looking at was a recipe for, for breakfast baked apples. 
and it was so simple. It was just some peeled apples, and you you know you cut them up into into chunks, and you add some of those spices, the cinnamon, nutmeg, you know, uh, allspice, cloves, ginger, and then um, just bake them in the oven. And when you take them out, they're delicious. I mean, you don't really even have to add any sugar because the apples are so sweet. Um, but, you know, if you really had to, I'm sure you could sprinkle a little bit of brown sugar on top when they came out. And, it would, I mean, that's a great breakfast with some oatmeal. Put them over oatmeal. Yeah, um, that sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at lunch, uh, you know, you want to maybe add some pungent spices, and that would be like the black pepper and, and the chili and the, and the um, chili powder uh, and the cayenne and uh, cumin and turmeric. Turmeric is probably one of the best spices that you can incorporate into your diet. Um, I put it in eggs every morning for everybody in the house. Anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and people who live in India have it in almost every meal. Um, And they probably consume about two grams a day per person of turmeric. And it increases their um, longevity. And because huh? they just don't That's get good. sick the way, you know, we do right. with like little things. Um, yeah, well, it's the new superfood. I mean, everybody's talking yeah. about turmeric lately. Yeah, it's the it's one of the most studied um, spices ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty cool. And you know, if you if you find a, a, a spice mix that you really like to put into certain things, then you can mix that up in advance, and that way you just can you know take a pinch of it and throw it in whatever it is that you're cooking. Um, the other thing that I love is herbs, fresh herbs. And I love, I use a lot of cilantro in just about everything, much to my mother's annoyance because she doesn't care for it. Um, but I also throw in, you know, fresh parsley or basil or fresh mint. And again, because they're fresh spices, fresh herbs, the prana is, is active in those fresh herbs as well as, you know, so when you're done and you've, you've made your meal and you've thrown the herbs on top at the, to make every, and it may make the plates look really gorgeous. Like you're, you know, dining in a restaurant, which right now couldn't be psychologically a lift. Well, yeah, because it can be a psychological lift because what's part of the dining experience, you know, they make the food look beautiful. And the first place we eat with is our eyes. And so if you can, you know, throw a little bit of the, the cilantro on the plate and chop it up and make everything look pretty and then squeeze a little lime on top or a little lemon, even even squeeze a fresh orange on certain things, you know, experiment with your palate. Again, this is adding prana and nutrients to your food uh, and it's fresh and it makes everything taste fresh. One of the things I, I started doing recently was taking a, um, a, a page out of the Thai uh, foods. I cook a lot of different types of foods in I'm cooking on because for some reason it's spring and that fresh flavor of lime is just I don't know, I'm just in the mood for it recently. And tonight yeah. for dinner we had soup, uh sort of a Thai soup that I squeeze some lime on top of. Uh it's it it's just delicious. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm loving I'm actually loving the uh uh, the way that uh, the the food's going around here lately, the the, uh, the cooking, or one of the things that Robin and I have always loved together, and we've talked about this in the past, was we're foodies, so we love a variety of different cuisines, and 
now we're encouraged uh, through this new um, uh, new practice of ours to uh, explore some of the spicier cuisines, which is uh, something that we love. So uh, it's pretty exciting, and she gets in the kitchen and and, and experiments, and and I get the uh, I get the benefit of eating all this fresh, new, interesting stuff that she creates. One of the things I've been talking to uh, some of my clients about and some of our friends, you know, we're all home and we all seem to have a lot of time on our hands right now to fill. And so some of the things that we can do, uh, some of the new habits that we have the luxury right now, the time to create new habits, uh, healthier habits, um, create a meal plan once or twice a week and, and make a shopping list based around your meal plan. And don't wait until you're hungry, you know, to just go, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to, I don't know, throw some stuff together because inevitably you wind up eating foods that are low in prana. You know, I'm just going to have some, you know, some toast or I'm going to take this frozen thing out of the, the freezer and I'm going to stick it in the microwave. Um, I'm going to open a can. You know, this is all stuff that you, you really want to keep to a minimum. Um, and, and, and I talked a little bit before about snacking is, and part of the reason why snacking is really frowned upon in Ayurveda is that you're not burning stored fat in your body. If you're snacking, you're burning the snack you just had. So try to eliminate snacking, especially if you're bored, uh, and make a list of snacks that you, that are better for you to eat. Um, if you're going to snack, if you just know that at three o'clock in the afternoon, you need to have a snack, maybe decide you're going to have blueberries, at three o'clock in the afternoon, or you're going to have raisins um, instead of, you know, a candy bar um, or ice cream or something like that. Um, and put that and, and put that where you can find it, so it's yes. right at hand, so you don't go digging around in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Because if it's right there at hand, then you don't go opening the fridge and getting into stuff you ought not to. Right. Yeah. And and one of the other really helpful things that I have found over the years um, is at night. When you finish eating and you've cleaned up all your dishes, I mean, have a ritual. You know, we always talk about you need to have rituals to go to sleep at night. And, but have, make yourself a ritual to know that this is the end of my night. I'm not going to eat anymore after I do this. So part of these rituals are you finish eating, you clean up your dishes, and then go brush your teeth and put your sweatpants on or your jammies on or whatever it is that you're comfortable in and be done. Don't, you know, no more into the kitchen for the rest of the night. You're in your jammies. Your teeth have been brushed. No more eating. And it's silly how that simple act of creating that ritual will psychologically, after a while, yes, I, I'm not going to eat now. My, I brushed my teeth. And, and plus, it's good oral hygiene. And, you know, good flora starts at the lips in the mouth. So if you can keep your – and that also goes to good health. If you can keep your, your in, inside your mouth clean and in good um, working water, digestion starts in the mouth with your saliva. And if you've got a lot of um, plaque in your mouth, you know, your dentist always talks about plaque. Um, it's interfering with your digestion. As a matter of fact, one of the things that in self-care that I, that's very popular in Ayurveda is scraping the tongue in the morning – and uh, but we'll talk about that on another show. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, I, I forgot to mention this at the top of the hour, and I, I, I should have. Uh, but uh, do want to let everyone know that we are taking calls tonight. If you have any questions, if you want to participate in the conversation, uh, you can call us at six four six 
646-564-9714. Again, that's uh, 646-564-9714. And we'll be taking calls uh, uh, right after this next segment. But right now, uh, we are at the bottom of the hour, and we're going to take a short break. I'll let you listen to a little bit more music, and we'll be back right after this. Thank you for listening to Ujvala Radio on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. And now, back to the show. And welcome back, everybody. This is Terry Power and my wife, Robin Power. She's Hello. Here with me. Hi, Robin. Hey. Hi, Annie. And you're listening to Ujvala Radio on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. And 
we've been talking about boosting your immune system using Ayurveda and yogic practices. And, you know, we were recapping, we talked a lot about um, uh, food, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about movement here in just a few minutes. I do want to remind you that you can call in at 646-564-9714 and uh, ask us some questions or join the conversation. And, Robin, you were about to talk about uh, uh, nausea, one of the healthcare practices. Yes. Yeah, nausea is another technique uh, that we use in Ayurveda to boost your immune system. And it is really something pretty simple. It is the application of oil drops in the nose. Uh, this sounds kind of weird <laughs> to us. I'm um, still not signed on yet. Oh, I've done this. And actually, my sinuses <laughs> feel so much better because, you know, I always have sinus issues. My sinuses have improved dramatically. I am not having – remember how I could never breathe through my right nostril? Mm-hmm. My right nostril is so much clearer. Um, a- a- anyway, so uh, let me – I should have probably explained what people can do. Uh, so it lubricates and protects the nasal passages from airborne irritants and germs. So if you're now, somebody like again, me – you were broken. You were a little bit broken. Say all that again, please. Okay. So it lubricates – can you hear me? Yeah. It, lubri- it lubricates and protects the nasal passages from airborne irritants like dust and pollution, but also for, from germs. And, you know, if you're someone like me who's wandering around here with a homemade mask, this is another layer of protection. Um, you know, if you're, the inside of your nostril is very moist, it'll capture any sort of moist airborne things and then you can blow them out of your nose before they get into your system too far because the, the oil will keep them from getting into your mucosa I think is the way this is uh, way they think about this so the oil uh, helps re- relieve sinus congestion dryness tension in the head and neck and helps to balance your doshas the vada the pitta and the kapha and those are the three energies uh, that make up everybody's body uh, and we talked a little bit about those last week, and we'll talk more about those in the future. So, and our, so these oils. Mm-hmm. So, so let me make sure I'm understanding. These oils. It's not just mm-hmm. for boosting your immune system, but it does certainly help with uh, protecting us. But it's also a, a, a generic or general healthcare practice or self-care mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. that uh, that we can use in our daily lives, even after this thing is over and done with. Right. Well, you know, if you can't breathe well, your body is not going to be in good in good condition. Um, you know, the prana is life force, and that it, we talked about that it's in our foods, but it's also in our bodies. And it also comes in also, when we breathe in. Yeah. Exactly. So if you can't breathe in properly, you're you're not getting um, all the prana um, that you that you should. And so Ayurveda believes that the nose is the direct route to the brain and the doorway to consciousness. Because when you breathe in, the brain sits right above the sinus passages. And although they don't really communicate, except for a few nerves up there in the head, um, they, that's, they, they kind of believe like the breath goes, goes past the brain there. So and Ayurveda suggests that when you put the oil in, not, not only to boost your immunity, but also to ensure the proper flow of prana through your body. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Still not so sure I'm ready this. to. Still not ready oh. to. I'm ready to to suck anything up my nose, but well. But you don't have to. I mean, there, there's two different ways you can do this. The one way is, is the traditional way where you can sort of lean back or, have, or lie down and have your partner do this. You know, lie down on the bed, let your head hang off the bed just a little bit. So it's like, you know, sort of an uphill thing to go up into your nose. And just have them put a few drops of oil. Um, some of the best oils to use would be like a sesame oil. And that's a cold-pressed sesame, sesame oil or a cold-pressed coconut oil. Uh, but I've used olive oil, a good cold-pressed olive oil even, because that's what I have in the house. And you know me, I'm so practical. Um, and all you need is a, is, the, is a regular dropper. And, you know, put anywhere from, uh, I don't know, three to five drops in each nostril. And then give a good sniff and sniff it back a little bit and make sure that the, you know, the nasal passages are getting lubricated. You can even squeeze your nose a little bit to massage it in. But if you're somebody that's really squeamish about drops of oil up your nose, if you want to try it, yeah, if you want to try it, what you can do is just dip your finger in the oil and put your finger up your inside your nostril. And, you know, rub it around a little bit and then sniff in some of the oil. Uh, and that, that's a good way to start if you're a little, you know, like, oh, geez, I don't know if I want to put oil up my nose. Um, I'll report you, back to you guys on how that goes. Yeah, you just you just want to do this because, um, again, it, it sort of lubricates everything. It keeps everything uh, from drying out and it, it helps protect the mucosa inside your nose so that you won't um, be as affected by, by pollution even that you just breathe in. You'd be surprised how, how much this helps. I've, I've actually been shocked by how much this helps. Okay. Like I said, guys, I'll report back to you later. And let you know. <laughs> you big chicken. <laughs> let you know how this goes. I'm, uh, uh yeah, you know, I mean, dur- during my youth, I missed out on a, on a, a great deal of uh, you know potential recreation because I wasn't putting anything up my nose. So oh jeez. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm you know I'm squeamish about it. That's all there is to it. I mean, I don't even use nasal spray. So uh, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how this goes, and we'll uh, like I said, I'll report back to you guys. You know, the the dipping my finger in the oil might be the the way that I get started with this. So, mm-hmm. that's a good way anyway. to start. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. We'll um, we'll move on from the. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. And, and speaking of move, let's let's get up and move around a little bit. So, um, the, these next two sections I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about are gonna kind of wander together a little bit. And, you know, one of the ways that we can certainly improve our overall health and uh, improve our, our attitude about everything is to get up and move. You know, if we're, if we're laying around and our bodies are stiff and we've got low oxygen levels and, uh, you know, in, in Ayurveda, we just think about the, the stale, stagnant blood pooling and not being moved around. Uh, a lot of you guys probably already know that the movement of your legs and pumping action of the, mu- the muscles in your legs 
is a large contributing factor to your total circulation of blood. And if you're not doing that, you're not circulating the blood through your body and you're not circulating the oxygen in the blood through your body and you're not circulating the prana through your body. Are we starting to see a pattern here? Yeah. Can I I also (laughs) just interject for a second? If your blood is stagnant in this way, when you do, you know, move around a little bit, like let's say you're reaching for a cup of tea or the remote control, um, the oxygen is at a very low level in your blood. So your brain is not being oxygenated properly, neither is your heart. And over time, this contributes to anxiety, depression, you know, heart disease, all kinds of health issues. So go ahead. Sorry, I'll be quiet now. No, no, it's okay. Um, no, I mean, and that's absolutely right. I mean, that's, you know, that's what I was talking about. It just makes you feel better as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got some friends that are, that have been you know complaining about the gyms are closed and this is closed and, you know, how do I get active? And now granted we live out in the woods, so we can get out and about and go for walks, but also we don't use a lot of exercise equipment to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, yoga, just, you know, Mm-hmm. You know, 30 minutes of, of yoga, some, you know, start off with some sun salutation. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'll be talking about all of this as the, show, as the show goes along. But just, you know, any kind of movement, I mean, you know, Pilates, dance. How about just turn on the radio and dance? Yeah. Dance, dance, like, no, dance like nobody's watching because nobody's watching. Exactly. Close your curtains, open your curtains. It doesn't matter. Dance, move, do jumping jacks. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you got an old hula hoop laying around in the basement somewhere. Hula hoop, jump rope. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, jump rope. I mean, if you can, if you can, get up and go out for a walk. Because again, get into nature, get out of the building if you can. Um, just stretching. Just doing any kind of stretching, but getting up and walking and moving your legs will move the blood and move the prana and move the oxygen and generally lead to better health and a better attitude. So, And, you know, people, people often think that it takes, oh, God, I have to work out an hour and it's, you know, takes so much time. It really doesn't. Go for a 20-minute walk. Do 20 minutes of yoga. As a matter yeah. of fact, start out with five minutes of yoga and work your way up to 20 minutes. It's, yeah, it's get one of those 10-minute workouts. You know, they got 10-minute home yep. workouts that yeah, have all the I'm, music and somebody there to to bounce with you and talk to you and tell you what to what to wiggle and do whatever first. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some good yoga videos that are out there. There's um, Qigong and there's Tai Chi and all of those yeah, things absolutely. are now available on TV and on the internet. So. Yeah, you should, you know, just, then they don't require anything, you know, just stand there basically and, and follow along. And it's particularly Qigong is so easy. I mean, if you feel like you're not up to yoga, you think that's too much stressing, try Qigong. <laughs> yeah. But move. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of videos, but she's absolutely right. And that's, that's the point. If you're up and moving, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be stronger and you're going to be better able to fight off any bug. 
know, whether it's the common cold or the flu or this new, you know, you know, novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. If our bodies are moving and we're strong and we've eaten well and healthily, then we're going to be able to fight off or at least have a better chance of fighting off any kind of uh, bacterial or viral infections. It's just Very the true. way it works. So, uh, so in addition to you know, all of that, you know, we talk about anxiety, and good grief, there's enough of it. Um, and, and I'm going to repeat something I said last week, and I will probably continue to say this. Uh, one of the easiest ways to help reduce stress and anxiety right now during this time period is to turn off the TV. Turn off the TV, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you're still stressing, don't look at Facebook. Now, remember, we're here at 9 o'clock every Tuesday. So, <laughs> um, so you don't have to go to Facebook to get the announcement. But um, I there's just so much negativity there's so much be afraid there's so much this is this is wrong or that's wrong or this group of people is stupid that group of people is evil oh for the love of all that is holy just turn it off well i think i think the thing that most people are finding what i'm hearing when i'm talking to people are finding so stressful they don't know what news to trust there doesn't seem to Everybody is telling you that the other guy is wrong and the other guy is lying and the other guy is a bad guy. And it doesn't matter what side, you know, what, what channel you listen but, to. Everybody else is wrong. And, it, and, if you, it, yeah, and if you start with the premise that the person is evil, if you start with the premise that the person is either evil, evil or stupid, then you, and you listen to what that person is saying based on the premise – from the get-go, that you started off with our prejudice. Oh, no, we're not supposed to be prejudiced. But we do. If you start off with that prejudice that the person is somehow flawed, then the message is flawed and you don't know who to trust. And it, and it all breaks down. So just don't. Just turn it off. Just turn it off and, and go on about life, you know? You'll get updates as to when you can open up and, you know, go back to work. But you know, turn it off. Um, and let's see, there's some more stuff. I mean, I'm, we, we, we're, we're getting off. I, I keep going down that rabbit hole. I will do it every week. I apologize. But um, uh, that's just one of my big, uh, one of my big points. But if we start looking at everything we've talked about tonight and we start building a healthy routine, ritual. Ritual for our whole day. Um, maintain that routine. When we quit taking our kids to school and going to work and doing all the things that we're supposed to do during the day, that we're used to doing during the day, our routines got got flipped on their heads or taken away from us completely. And everything that was our we know what we're doing every day. You know, you're going to get up, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to take the kids, you're going to go to the going to go to work. You're going to everything was just in order, and now it's not, and that really is going to mess you up your head. You know, 
I mean, it's just that that's who we are. We're, we're creatures of habit. And when those habits are broken and, and, and that, that's taken away from us, we feel lost. So let's take what we've learned tonight and develop new routines. Get in bed by 10 o'clock, except on Tuesdays when you're listening to us. <laughs> you can listen to us from bed, by the way, and then, you know, just turn us off. That's and, right. Then and... just, then we'll say good night. We'll, we'll just right. start doing that. We'll, we'll make that our, our, our sign off. We will tell all of our all of our Ayur, all of our Ayurveda people and our and our yogis and yoginas to um, you know turn off the lights now and sleep well. That's how we're going to sign night. off. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, night night everybody. So, mm-hmm. but we're not there yet. So stick around right. for a few more minutes. Um, That's right. <laughs> uh, but eat our largest meal of the day at lunch. Uh, when I lived in the islands, that was our practice: is a big meal at lunch and then snacks at dinner. And I lived a healthier life down there. Um, yeah. And and now we're doing that more here. And Robin and I have gotten into that habit, and I'm, I'm feeling healthier and happier. So it works. It's not just you know. You now I grew up in the South, and you know you have a big dinner. You know every night you have a big dinner. Because that was the meal that we were all around the table. And mm-hmm. so I grew up with that big meal at night. And now I'm, I'm experiencing it a different way. And I see the benefit. I feel the benefit. So I'm not just saying, you know, this is the way I always lived. No, I, I, I've lived a, an unhealthier life. And I've certainly made some changes in my life over the years. And... I'm feeling a lot better now than I ever have. So, again, eat our um, our big meal at lunch between 10 and 2. Um, I generally try to eat it a little bit later, you know, closer to 2 o'clock. Um, I feel healthier, and then I have a, a lighter meal in the evening, and I'm not as hungry uh, for eating that slightly later lunch. Uh, get the food well, oh. as close Hang on, get the food as close to you as you can. So go ahead, Robin. I'm sorry. I was just going to say exactly what you were, what what you said, which was to try to eat locally, try to source everything you can from a local local farmers market. Eat what's in season. There's a reason that we eat certain, you know, fruits (laughs) and vegetables with the seasons. Our bodies are used to that. Um, and it and it doesn't matter where you are, you know, if, if, if cherries are in season in August or in May, depending on where you are, eat them when they're in season. It's wonderful that we can go to the supermarket these days and eat blueberries 12 months out of the year, but that's not how we're meant to do. Everybody who has ever eaten a blueberry knows that if you get a blueberry in the summer from New Jersey, it is the sweetest, most delicious thing in the world. If you get blueberries in New Jersey that came from Chile in the middle of winter, they are not as sweet. They do not taste the same. It is, it is not the same at all. And all you have to do is try that once, and you'll be like, oh, man, yeah, it's still a blueberry, but it's not a Jersey in season right in my back door, you know, blueberry. It tastes different. Well, yeah, it, it does, and you know the, the travel is not going to um, diminish the prana as much as 
processing it would and dehydrating it. So certainly if you are going to eat out of season, at least eat, you know, you know, not processed out of season. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the other thing, and, you know, this is probably another topic for another kind of show, uh, but the uh, carbon footprint of moving those blueberries from Chile to us in Pennsylvania is grotesque. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, let's just, you know, eat closer to home uh, mm-hmm. for the carbon footprint part as well. Um, just, just as an aside, I apologize for digressing. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm incredibly vada tonight for some reason. Um, it's been one of those kind of days. Um, so, uh, getting back on 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 task here, mm-hmm. if we can, you know, develop and maintain a new routine, get to bed by ten o'clock. So we're asleep by 10 o'clock and wake up with the sunrise or slightly before, eat our largest meal at lunch, eat locally sourced food, eat more spices. Now, there we go. That's something I can embrace. I have a T-shirt, eat more spices. Um, and, and that includes the spices. Yep, and that includes yeah. those fresh herbs and that squeeze of lime or lemon or orange juice even to finish off the, the the prana there's there's something you know we have a lemon ginger tea that comes in a, it's all dehydrated and comes in a tea bag but if i take a slice of lemon and grate some fresh ginger into some hot water it tastes so much better there's just no comparison oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, we add a little, bit of, a little bit of raw honey to that. That is the perfect thing to drink in the morning. To, it wakes you up. It's a little bit sweet. It's the, the you know, there's so much medicinal benefit there's there. There's the heat, that ginger, yeah. man, the ginger and that heat, it gets your body started, gets your yep. digestion started, starts you off. Wakes up the acne, yeah. yeah. Starts you off right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Your body's awake and using, uh, using energy burning fat right off the bat. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, then uh, get up and move around. You know, if you can get up and move around for 20 minutes. Now, it doesn't have to be, you know, 20 minutes of jumping jacks. If you can walk around for 15 minutes and do 10 minutes of jumping jacks or five minutes of jumping jacks, whatever it is. Um, you know, our, our morning routine is 30 to 40 minutes of yoga. Some of it's, uh, you know, I start off with sun salutation and really get, you know, get things going. And then I slow down and do the longer uh, held poses. Uh, so, I mean, I'm actually maybe doing 10 minutes of strenuous, uh, you know, working like, you know, moving fast. And then the rest of it is, is stretching into, uh, into the poses and maintaining flexibility. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the flexibility is going to lead to longevity. We'll talk about that in another show. But, you know, 20 minutes of movement. And here's the one thing we haven't talked about much tonight, and I know we're running out of time, uh, is meditation. Stilling the mind and just kind of switching things off. There's any number of methods of meditation that you can use. You don't have to have some fancy cushion and sit on the floor in the lotus position and make your legs into a pretzel. None of that is necessary. You can sit in a chair 
at the kitchen table. Get everything quiet. Sit up straight. If you have trouble sitting up straight, you can actually do meditation laying down. Just the, the trick's not to fall asleep. And, and, and I say that seriously. Uh, laying down meditation, I have a tendency to fall asleep. So, uh, so sit up straight and close your eyes and focus on your breathing or have a candle lit in front of you and stare at the candle. The idea is that you want to focus your mind on a, on a thing, whether it's the candle, whether it's your breathing, whether it's the, the, the rhythms of your body, whatever that one thing is, focus on it and it alone. That's not easy. We're taught in the West to multitask. The truth is, the studies are the studies are in multitasking is switching from one thing to another quickly, but we're not doing them at the same time. And multitasking is overrated uh, for efficiency. So, mm-hmm. and, but we're taught this from a very young age. We're taught multitask. You have to be doing all these things at one time, and the idea of switching off. And focusing on one thing. I don't care what that one thing is. Focus on um, a statue. If you've got a little figurine. Uh, the best things are simple things. that don't have a lot of detail. An ohm symbol on the wall. A pentacle on the wall. A candle. Something simple that you can really focus on that one thing. And if a thought comes in, oh, I need to walk the dog after the, nope, I'll deal with you in five minutes. Just, I'll get to you in a minute. Those of you that have kids understand this. You know, I'm in the middle of something. I'll, I'll, okay, sweetheart, I'll get that in just a minute. Just let me finish this. And set it aside. Every thought that comes in from the side, um, you know, my nose itches. I'll scratch that in a minute. Uh, you know, I need to go to the bank. I'll deal with that in a minute. Whatever it is, set it aside and focus on that one thing. Now, I'm what not it, saying that you're going to sit down and do 30 minutes of, of meditation. Go ahead, Robin. Or I was going to say one of the things that always helps me when I have a, a thought that flitters through is, as I say, okay, focus on the breathing, and then I start to sort of inhale. Exhale. I'll say it to myself. Inhale. Exhale. And and then that will shift your focus away from those external thoughts back to your 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 core, your your inside, your your breast, and what you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish. And it stills the mind. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's any variety of things. All of them are honestly intended to focus the mind so completely on one thing that it tricks our mind into shutting down mm-hmm. and it becomes a focal aid, whether you're chanting, you know, mantras that becomes a, a means of focusing your mind on one thing only and being in the moment. Now, again, I'm not expecting anybody's going to sit down and first try, uh, have 30 minute, you know, 30 minute meditations. I'm going, to, I'm going to say that you probably struggled to get five. I know I did. But 
start small and build up toward it. Make sure the phone's turned off or unplugged or whatever you've got to do to make sure that you've got 15 minutes of, of totally uninterrupted time and begin and do a little bit every day. Just still the mind and it will lead to so much peace. It will let you, if you can do this first thing in the morning, it will let you start your day focused and in the moment, not worried about the the future, not worrying about the past that you can't change either one of, but in the moment you can live happy and deal with what you've got to deal with in your day. You you reduce anxiety tremendously. And if you make that part of your new uh, routine, then you will certainly uh, reduce anxiety and improve your ability to fight off disease. So um, yoga, meditation, walks, all of this is part of uh, living healthy. And then the eating well and, you know, all of the uh, all of the medicines of our daily routine that we get from our food. So, you know, I was saying earlier, I'm, I'm being very Vata today. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, and that, that leads in to kind of a segue to this next segment that Robin was going to talk about Vata. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in Ayurveda, we believe that like increases like. And because we've been thrown out of our normal routines um, and we don't really have them, it's sort of creating this chaos in people's lives and it's exacerbating vata or the, the airiness, the, the erratic nature. Um, And, and like the, and ill, the irregularity of our routine disturbs your vata and stirs it up and it's creating chaos in your mind and in your body. Uh, So Ayurveda believes that opposites balance. So if we can create a routine and have a stability, we will calm the and calm chaos and we will be able to have a little more harmony and not be as erratic and stressed. And vada is cold and dry. And so another really great thing to do, uh, so before you get in the shower, uh, you can apply some warm oil, and again, you can buy an expensive oil, or you can just use coconut oil or sesame oil or whatever you have in the house, olive oil, um, and apply it to your skin just before you get in the shower. Just rub, start, start, you know, on your face at your at your forehead, and and just rub it very gently, you know, behind your ears, down your neck. Um, bottom of your neck, everywhere, your arms, your hands, just rub it on your body. And that act of uh, touching your own skin is very centering and relaxing and calming. And it will actually physically nourish your skin because oil is good, you know, if it's dry. And if you're nourishing your, your skin in that way, it nourishes your body and your mind and next to having a routine, a regular routine, this uh, oil and this, and this uh, you know, calming, grounding um, practice will calm that vata. 
And so you could use, you know, sesame oil, avocado, almond oil. Those are the best in many ways for, for calming the, the vada. But even if you don't have those in the house and you want to start olive oil, you know, coconut oil, whatever you have in the house, just do the self-massage. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, an hour's production. You can do this in about five, ten minutes. The same amount of time it, you know, takes to put on makeup in the morning. I mean, most of us as adults figure out before, you know, we've got five minutes to make on your face. So this is just, you know, that five minutes because a lot of us are not going to work right now. And if you can just yeah, do that, if you want to add some. Terry? Yeah, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, I was just thinking that um, the the touch and the, the 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 they call it the hug hormone or something like that the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the the even touching yourself and rubbing your own skin mm-hmm. uh, releases that hormone that increases our health and happiness yes so so that's all part of this and then you know you were talking about uh, you know it takes maybe five minutes to do this but what if you and your partner do this yeah, and then you're, you know, you're connecting and starting off the day with your partner that you're you're, you're in some cases trapped inside with, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, unexpectedly, and so you know, spend some time with your partner, um, calming each other and calming each other's vata and start the day uh, with touch, right, and and. And spread the love, as you used to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, as an addition to the oil, if you want to, you can add essential oils to make it smell good. Um, some essential oils will even add a small element of heat. Uh, if you were to put some, you know, cassia or cinnamon oil, a drop into the um, oil you were using, that would produce a little surface heat on your skin. Um, spearmint, but- or, spearmint or peppermint will do the same eucalyptus so any of those but be very careful because sometimes people will have a reaction so do a little test spot if you're going to do that um but lavender is you know safe um that's very relaxing so if you were going to do this in the evening to relax as it wasn't part of the beginning of your day um then you know you could use some lavender um but to get your day started in the morning you probably want to use something you know it's because it's meant to be calming but it's also in a way invigorating but it's a centering and calming invigoration. You you just sort of, you're rubbing your skin and you're getting your circulation going and starting your day, but you're, you're grounding and centering through uh, this, you know, self-massage. It's, it's a wonderful practice. Okay. So the other thing, of course, um, is we talked a little bit about eating grounding foods with the warming warm spices in it um grounding food you know could be things like broths anything you can make in one pot like chili um you know particularly with the warming spices you know again vada is cold light and dry so if you're eating a cold leafy green salad um that's going to aggravate your vada and not only is it going to be difficult to digest in this situation, 
um, but the cold and light and dry attributes of vata then become absorbed in your body. That's not what we're trying right. to do. So if you're trying to calm and, and, and ground and center the grounding, the warming spices, and this is like this whole thing. If you can, if you can center and ground, you can really reduce a lot of that anxiety. Yeah. And, and, and you were broken a little bit and you were saying something about root vegetables, roasted root vegetables and stews. Yes. That's the grounding yeah. foods that, you know, chili things that you want to eat that are warming and, and, and good to combat the, the chaos, the Vada that's evidence. Yeah. Well, the, the Indians also have a, a, a dish called uh kitchery. Kitchery. That we'll have to, do, we'll have to talk about at, um, in some future show, we are really close to out of time. Um, I see that. In fact, we're running over tonight, so you're getting mm-hmm. bonus bonus radio tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, when baseball game goes into extra innings. We always call that bonus or extra baseball um, bonus innings, where you're getting some bonus radio tonight. Um, so it is time to start wrapping up, and we do have one question in the chat room, and um, apparently some of my uh, our prepper um, uh, buddies have been listening in, and they're fussing about my saying that the uh, processed food is all you know bad, bad, bad. Uh, and the truth is, the truth is, it's not bad, bad, bad. It's just not good, good, good. Um, Here's the difference. Here's the difference. What we're talking about is how to be to to live as healthily and with as high immune system as possible. In a situation where you have no choice, in a you know if you're if you've got a list this dehydrated specialty food to get you get you through a crisis, that's about sustaining your life. That is not about building your immune system. That's a completely different situation. So, so keep that for your last resort and eat as exactly. much of the healthy food, as much of the food that you can grow yourself, and then supplement mm-hmm. it with the uh, processed food. Now, yeah, I, mean, I have all of this food. is yeah, yeah. All of this is intended to give you best practices. Correct. Um, in in my workaday world, I work on um, communication electronics. So we talk about best practices. Now, is it regulated? Is it absolutely the way you must do it? Eh, you know, that's you know, there, there's all kinds of con- controversy about the best way to do things or, or, you know, the proper way. What we're trying to teach you is what we are learning about the best way to eat, the best way to live. We're teaching you what we have found is making us healthier and happier. And we're not going to tell you. Know, we're not going to tell you stories. You know, it's like I'm not. I'm not signing on for this this oil in the nose thing until I get <laughs> um, until I get it for myself, and mm-hmm. then I will report to you how it's how it you know went for me. And one more one more point about the the prepper thing is if you are a prepper and we do get to a situation where we have no choice but to eat, you know, dehydrated eggs and and our stored rice and canned foods, um, and we're all going to be doing that if, that if it gets to be that. But we're also, those of us who are lucky enough to have our own small gardens in our yards 
or be able to walk in the woods and wildcraft some food, we're all going to learn how to eat weeds and, and what's edible and what's not because we're going to have to because that's the only way you're going to get fresh food. So yeah. if you're a prepper, that should be something that, that wildcrafting food, how to, how to find mushrooms, um, but to do it, you, you really have to know what you're doing. If you're going to pick yeah. wild mushrooms, yeah. but there are other things that you can pick nuts, acorns. There's lots of stuff. Well, I, could, I could do a, an entire show on wild, wild crafting food out of the, out of the, out of the woods. Um, yeah. So, and, and wild crafted really is, is know that, that stuff. But the wild crafted is also, you know, full of prana as well. Exactly. So, so if I'm know, making acorns, you know. Yeah. Robin? Go ahead. Oh god, you, you faded out for a second. No, I was just I was just saying, you know, if you if you've got to eat the processed food, you know, try to keep it to a minimum. And if you and if you're in a situation where you don't have any choice, you know, like for a while we you know, we were worried about whether or not we were gonna to get to the grocery store. Exactly. So we stored up a bunch of rice and uh, dried beans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were prepared for what might come along and uh so um we are way out of time way over time (laughs) so uh, i want to thank everyone for bearing with us tonight as we had uh, hiccups at the beginning and uh this is this is exciting it's fun uh robin and i back on the air uh after our break um sharing with you uh, what we're what we're learning, and you know, Robin's just so much fun in the kitchen. So uh, <laughs> that may and, be my and, next foray, or maybe we'll start we'll start cooking with me. That <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, well, I mean, stay in, you know, stay tuned for videos. Um, That's right. <laughs> yeah, we're I mean we're actually talking about a series of videos of, of Robin cooking, and a series of guided meditations. Uh, from me uh, working on different aspects of our lives and healing and um, and self care. Uh, uh, so we'll we'll talk more about that. But we're going to start with um, uh, anxiety reduction. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll be talking more about that in the coming weeks as we finish putting these projects together. Um, so again, thank you everybody for being with us. Uh, Robin, any final messages? Uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, in the coming weeks, I know we're going to probably have a guest, special guest, mom, shaman, Marcy Munden, who uh, is very knowledgeable about plant medicines and how they can help our health. And there's an awful lot of research uh, out there right now about how beneficial this is, particularly for people suffering from PTSD and, you know, addiction recovery. Um, So we're going to have her on the show. I'm not sure when exactly, but it's going to be here shortly. And I think that that's going to be really interesting because she, she's in the trenches doing this every day. She, she serves people plant medicine and she's seeing firsthand the remarkable effect it's having on people. And there's a lot of, um, uh, scary things out there about this, you know, Oh, you know, it'll do this to you. It'll do that to you. So she's, she's also a nurse. Uh, and so she'll be able to give you 
her firsthand opinion about about how how helpful this is. I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show. Yep. Um All right. Well, with that, uh, as as we uh, decided earlier in the show, um, it is past your bedtime. It uh, is. Those listening in the east. Uh, so uh, we're going to wish you all a wonderful, peaceful, and quiet good night. Sleep well and night night, everybody. Night night. for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Mm-hmm.